Uh, I was born in a small town called Masjid Suleiman in southern Iran. I born in Syria. I was born in Hamburg, Germany. I was born in Kong. I was born in Tanzania in a refugee camp. I was born in Singapore. Guatemala. I'm from Ireland. I was born in Thailand refugee. I was camp. born in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. I was born in Vientiane. I was born in England. I was born in Costa Rica. Welcome to Many Roads to Here bringing the voices of immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers to a national conversation about migration and identity. I'm your host, Caitlin Dwyer. Ahmed Fanus spent the first 57 years of his life searching for the freedom to play music. Social pressure, political conflict, and Taliban threats prevented singing and playing music in Afghanistan. But music continued to lead him and his family across careers and borders. Between Taliban regimes, Ahmed became a guest star and judge for one of Afghanistan's most popular TV shows. He inspired his own children to pursue music professionally. His son Elham recently finished graduate study at the Manhattan School of Music. And in today's episode, you'll hear from them both. And Ahmed and Elham perform the music in this episode themselves. Emily Denny has their story. the 1960s in Kabul, Afghanistan. Ahmad is just a young boy. Here's Elham translating for his father, Ahmad. So he was saying that at that time it was very normal, just like Western world. Afghanistan was, women were wearing skirts, men and women could, you know, hold hands and universities go together. And uh, they could wear whatever they wanted. Among the general public, there were still actually some uh, hesitation towards music, even back then. Yeah, the 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 restrictions weren't coming from the government. It was more uh, among the general public and families. So, for example, some. Uh, families, they didn't want their kids to become uh, artists or musicians because of the society, how the society would view them in a, in a country like Afghanistan. His, his father was actually very supportive uh, because, I mean, uh, not many people would want uh, their kids to become musicians and artists, but his uh, father, he just let him do whatever he wanted. That's why he was also able to start music when he was six years old. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was very supportive and that's why he also became a musician. He was always just listening, self-taught. 
Yeah, when he was uh, in second uh, grade, he actually used to sing and play harmonium. At the same, he was like kind of in demand. Whichever party or whatever place he would go, people would always like families and friends. They would always ask him to sing, and yeah, so I guess they knew that he had a good voice, and they would like kind of demand him to sing all all the time. Everyone was encouraging him. Mitva, mere mitre, aja tujko pukare mere gitre mere mitre o mere mitva, mere mitre. At the end of 1979, when Ahmad was just a teenager. The Soviet Union sent thousands of troops into Afghanistan and almost immediately took complete control of Kabul and large portions of the country. In the beginning, yeah, there were peace, but later on the revolution started. People didn't want, they wanted their freedom. They didn't want Russia to be, you know, in control. So since uh, he was still involved yeah, in music, but not as much because he actually finished high school and really he did very well. Like, like uh, I guess in, in the U.S. style would be like cum laude. <laughs> and, and even though you had to go uh, and serve in the military, but he, they actually, uh, the, he was an exception and they actually asked him to, that they would give him scholarship. And Russia was basically the only choice and the only uh, opportunity in the countries that he could go. So he decided to go to Russia and study uh, in Russia. Uh, even though people didn't like to uh, go study in Russia, including him. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he could have been killed if he served in the military. So he chose to go to Russia to study instead of serving in the military. So that was a better choice for him, education. Ahmad wanted to study music in college, but he received a scholarship to study telecommunication in St. Petersburg, Russia instead. When he returned to Kabul after four years, the last Soviet soldiers had left Afghanistan, and Mujahideen leaders entered the capital. At the same time, rumors of a group called the Taliban, which was imposing a harsh interpretation of Islam in corners of the country, emerged. Ahmad still had to finish his required military service. But because of his degree, he was able to avoid direct conflict and work in an office. Conditions worsened in Kabul, while Mohammad Najibullah, known as Dr. Najib, was president. He says like it's very rare and it's very uh, unexpected that he's even alive today because there were a couple of incidents that almost killed him. But he could have been killed very easily when he returned to Kabul. Yeah, the, because there were like bombs, hundreds of rockets every day sending from uh, uh, the people who were against uh, Dr. Najib. 
و مثلا مثلا من در آن راه روان هستم از آن طرف از آن طرف so so for example he would walk on the street and then there are like 20 meters ahead of him someone would get a, sh- a shot he didn't know where to go which way so it was like very unexpected so for example you're sitting at home and then you're like there's a sound like like bomb and then it's like six people just died like your neighbors it's like that he uh, always wanted to enjoy and be with music and and that's why he thought it's impossible for him to make music you know and Kabul and couldn't like as soon as you would make music you would be killed so that's when he decided to leave so and then he continued his music you know different some places in 1997 right after the Taliban officially took over, Ahmad and his wife, Layla, who he'd met right before he left for Russia, decided to flee to Peshawar, Pakistan, with their two small children. Here, at last, he began to play music and sing without fearing for the safety of him or his family. Yeah, since uh, when he got a little bit more famous among the community and when people started to invite him to sing and things like that, that's when he uh, started to have a better situation than than before uh, economically shabab pe mezrasi sharab pe kunga this song was very famous by me <laughs> he was actually known for this song because he would actually ask for for the people audience to participate but he was known for that song he's actually still known in, even in Afghanistan <laughs> In 2001, in the wake of 9-11, the U.S. military entered Afghanistan, attacking the Taliban and al-Qaeda. The Taliban retreated, and Hamid Karzai was elected president. Conditions seemed to improve in Kabul, so Ahmad and his family returned. When things got better, obviously, he could make music, things started to get better. Developing and no one would like kill you. And it was a good development opportunity period at that time in the beginning when the U.S. military took over. Yeah, and and Karzai became the the president and was a good period for music development for cultural activity for everything. We could have used this time really well for everything, for music, culture, activity, everything. This this period that was, you know, when Karzai was the president and the U.S. military came, that was a really good, we could have done much better. We could have been, who knows, maybe independent if, if we could take it, like use it in the right, in the right way. Elham was just four years old when the family returned to Kabul. Some of his earliest memories are playing music with his dad. I do remember that he was always encouraging me to play 
play tabla and and uh, I, that was when I got five years old, six years old. I was so, you know, I kept playing tabla and then later on, and then actually he encouraged me to pick up an instrument like Western classical music. I mean, people thought I was good. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I enjoyed it. He obviously wanted us to pursue this academically, like more international kind of level, because he didn't have the opportunity and he he didn't uh, he couldn't pursue that dream of, you know, studying for a long period of time professionally, but he didn't have the opportunity. So he wanted us to pursue. Meanwhile, Ahmad's own career began to take off in Afghanistan when he became a frequent guest and judge on a widely popular music show called Afghan Star. One of the developments, you know, is this Afghan Star show that came after the Taliban and later on when the government was, things got so much better. So he says he, he had a really good experience because it was a good place for young talents to test their their talents to to you know come and yeah, there were so many people watching well, the most watched show so he uh, he learned that that was a good experience for him to know and with the audience and the kids you know singing and other uh, young people so it was a good experience overall Yeah, he's saying uh, we have uh, always had like a chaotic, you know, life. Uh, It wasn't easy. It was like an adventure (laughs) journey. This is all an adventure. He had, yeah, like a huge adventure. He should write a book. When Elham was 11, he attended the Afghanistan National Institute of Music, where he studied the piano. Piano for me is an orchestra. You can do anything on the piano. And if you think about it, uh, uh, piano is an independent instrument, but also a supportive instrument. It's a percussive instrument. It's a melodic instrument. It's a harmonic instrument. Yeah, so piano is yeah, just a special instrument for me. I mean, every instrument is special, but for me, I, I just like piano. I would say I was good in, in the standards of Afghanistan. I was good. But then I was also following all these other young pianists outside of Afghanistan. They were amazing. So I have always felt behind. I have always wanted to, you know, improve as much as I can. So that's also one of the reasons I really wanted to study abroad in a country like the United States. I was okay. I could I could, I could get into a college. Uh, like, uh, but but I wasn't. I've, I'm never as good as I want to be. I'm I'm never satisfied for some reason. Actually, I'm never satisfied with the level. I always wanna wanna. <laughs> it's yeah. good for artists. <laughs> In 2013, Elham traveled to New York City to visit Carnegie Hall and the Kennedy Center, 
During his visit, he met Leslie Rosenthal, who was on the general counsel at the Lincoln Center at the time. The experience led him to consider attending music schools in the United States. Leslie and her family helped him fill out and send his applications. I was late in applications to, to apply for schools, and I only could apply to two schools. And yeah, they were, the entire process, they were extremely helpful. But coming from Afghanistan, it's hard to pay $70,000 per year for a school. So I, I decided to go to Hunter College because they offered me full scholarship, including the dorms. Uh, I went there, and then, uh, yeah, that was in 2015, August 3rd of 2015, that I got to the United States. It was a long process of coming, the visa situation, everything was very difficult, but uh, with their help, it was easier. While Elham was studying in New York, the Taliban began to regain control in Afghanistan, while Ashraf Ghani was serving president. Ahmad started receiving threats from the Taliban because he was a musician, so he acted quickly and sent Layla and his youngest son to New Delhi for their own safety. He, however, traveled back and forth to Afghanistan to try and maintain his career. Yeah, so, so at the end of uh, Ashraf Ghani's first term, uh, you know, even at that time, Taliban, they had like a pretty good power. They could, you know, warn you orally and, and writing. And they would say they would consider music a fiddle. They, like they think it's like the worst thing. Yeah, so that's what they think. And, and yeah, they basically think whatever, if you do music, if you're into music, you're not Muslim. That's it. That's what they think, if you're a musician. In April 2021, the United States announced that it would begin pulling its troops out of Afghanistan. At this time, Ahmad and his daughter and her family were still there. The Taliban quickly got back control. So, yeah, so he, it was very dangerous for all of them. And my, you know, my father is a singer and, and singing, and he's pretty famous. And when he walks out, sometimes people recognize him and want to take picture with him outside. So obviously it was very dangerous for him. A panicked Alham searched desperately for a way to get his family out. He reached out to his family friend, Leslie Rosenthal, who was able to find connections with Fox News. At the time, Fox was trying to get their journalists out of Kabul, and because Ahmad appeared on the local TV station, which was jointly owned by Colo TV and also by Fox TV, she was able to negotiate Ahmad, his daughter, and her family a spot on the plane. I had to make all these documents, like their passports, their scanned, like their names, their like family tree. I had to make a family tree. All these documents put it in one folder, my dad's, some YouTube links, and all these things I had to do. Uh, and I had to put a file together and then sit into Fox and then Fox... To, it's, it was just crazy, uh, communication, a lot of waiting times, and uh, we were like stressing out <laughs> because we weren't even sure if it was going to happen. That was something that we weren't sure because Fox did say that we can't guarantee, but we were uh, willing to help and we were, we were trying to help. So that's when, so a couple of times they said, oh, tomorrow, after tomorrow, after tomorrow. But then finally they said, okay, now they can go to, they were in a WhatsApp group chat. Uh, and then they sent to the WhatsApp group chat that you can go to Casino Hotel like tomorrow. And then they went and then they stayed for like 15, 16 hours, 17 hours. And then during the night, in the middle of the night, they were escorted in a bus uh, like 2 a.m., uh, 2.30 a.m. They went to the airport. They had agreement. They had agreement, yeah, agreement with Qatar at Alban. So that's why they could go to... Uh, uh, through the gate, and they went to the airport next to the uh, plane, closer to the plane, and yeah, and that's and then they waited another twelve hours, thirteen hours in the sun, like it was really hot, and, and there were pictures too, and the the kids, my sister kids, and 
yeah, but but eventually then they got on the plane that they they got treated really well when they got to the plane and then to Qatar. They were put in a really good facility and they were giving them food like every day, all the time. People were bringing stuff. Like Qatari people were very helpful. Um, but yeah, it was a really stressful process. My back was actually hurting uh, because of the stress. It's like I would wake up at 3 a.m., check my phone, what's going on, and then sleep, and then I'd wake up and again at 5 a.m., whatever, and then do documentation, whatever they would ask. I could try to, I would try it so like hard and immediately. I want to like send it like right away, but it was it worked out, and uh, we are grateful for Fox, for Lacey, like all these people who are involved. All these things that we go through, we are grateful for it, but also it's it's hard, but we are grateful for it because you learn so much, you grow so much. Life is all about experience, you know. So you experience all these difficulties in life, you overcome it, and it feels great. <laughs> So when he got there, I was like, couldn't, you know, couldn't control myself by not celebrating and being happy. When And then at the same time, it's sad because there are other people left behind. So sometimes you don't even know what to do, you know, or should you be happy because... Obviously, my family got out, but then there are like other people who maybe didn't have the opportunity, like I did, to you know, connections and all these things. So it was, it was, it was good. It was a good experience and hard, difficult, but we accomplished it, which is very great, I think. Although Ahmad is now safe and living in the United States, Layla is still held up in New Delhi, hopeful to soon join her family under the same roof. That's the last, yeah. So hopefully once she gets here, then we will try to resettle in one place and in one one house, hopefully, and like live peacefully together. And that's our like ideal goal. You know, that's something that I want to hopefully make that happen somehow. After five years apart, Aman and his sons, Elham and Meron, who plays the violin, now perform together in a band with their friend on tabla. The band is called the Fanus Ensemble, where they tell a story of Afghanistan's cultural history through a combination of Afghan folk and Western classical music. Together, they strive to keep Afghan music alive, even if it means doing so from thousands of miles from where it's currently banned. feels so much better because he can make music everywhere and he's free. It's just, you know, we are together. You can make music, play concerts. That's why what he means by freedom and and music and you know, just a normal peaceful life. Yeah. So so he he says that yes, he does feel in peace, especially once you know my mom also comes. It'll be much better, obviously. But yeah, because he's he's saying that it's just our family, the way we think, the way we work really we weren't really meant to be to live there all those years in a way because it was a lot of things were against us you know against our thoughts we were not uh, necessarily super religious you know uh, stuff like so it was hard for for us for my family and for him so now he says he sometimes makes jokes this is a is a joke that he says like he was he has been immigrant for the past 57 years now he's in his home <laughs> Ashkam vale papaya 
زان خارم ولی بسایه گل Many Roads to Here is a production of The Immigrant Story. This episode was produced by Emily Denny and with audio editing and post-production by Greg Palmer. The original interview was conducted by our prodigious executive producer, Sankar Rahman, in spring of 2022. Thank you to St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Beaverton, Oregon, for the use of their space to record the interview. And this episode is made possible by the generous support of the Marie Lamfram Charitable Foundation. For more stories, visit theimmigrantstory.org backslash many roads. Listen live at prp.fm or stream us wherever you get your podcasts.